Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another fully loaded episode of yeah. Inspiration <laughs> Point. I'm Andrew. And I'm Adam. And uh, we're joined by a guest tonight. Adam, That's bring him right. on in. Yeah, our oh guest God. has been a GM since the 1980s, running games uh, for settings such as Star Wars, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, and more, with a mission statement to help players live out their wildest adventures. <laughs> He's a gallery featured artist building huge game sets, including terrains and cities. And he's a producer of feature films and television with names under his belt, such as Smallville and mm-hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. He takes his experience from film and TV to the game table, producing the lights, sound, special effects, and of course, the storytelling for shows like Loaded Dice Rollers, a Pathfinder podcast, <laughs> uh, GM's TPK, and an upcoming Star Wars adventure. Now he comes to us tonight to share his insights and experiences as a GM, producer, and artist. Ladies and gentlemen, Jim McClouds. Well, you guys brought an audience. That's crazy. Thank you. So crazy. <laughs> hey, that was quite that was quite an intro. Thank you. I, I would just want to be clear about a couple of things. So with Smallville and Buffy and Charmed and all these great shows that I was working with, I was in on and off air promo, which is sort of the in house um, agency that would promote those shows uh, internally mm, into advertisers and TCA and all these upfront events. And, and it was a fantastic time. We did have to construct uh, the shows when they weren't built. And for Smallville, that was the case. The pilot, you know, came in in pieces and we had to have promos. So we had to put it Whoa. together. So lots of fun. Won a crap ton of awards on that campaign. Uh, it was the best launch uh, that the WB at the time, which is now the CW, ever had on its air. Nice. And I, I think out of the 13, there's a an award in this category for promo. It's called Promax. And out hmm. of the 13 in prime time ever given to the WB, I have 11 of them. Whoa. Yeah. Wow, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a good domination. ratio. <laughs> domination nation. So I was really good at promo. And then, you know, I... In 2000, like I'd say three or four, I hopped ship um, and formed a company. And right away, I was scoring music and we were doing advertising campaigns. And I got into video games for a bunch of years. And then I did feature works with people like, you know, Billy Bob Thornton, Taylioni, Ed Helms, Kyle McLaughlin, which I loved in the original Dune, uh, where there was in one movie. And then the second feature had Hilary Duff, Winona Ryder. Sean Astin, by the way, we had Hillary or yeah. we had Winona Ryder and Sean Astin together before Stranger Things did. And the, the list goes on. So right it, it was on. really fun doing video games until, you know, they got, it, we did stuff like Ghostbusters 3. I got to meet Dan Aykroyd and Harold, nice. and every, all, the whole gang when they were alive, which was just, uh, you know, what a wonderful, you know, t- experience. Right. And uh, but those video games, they got sophisticated and like any other industry, it got, uh, they merged into mega, you know, mm-hmm. gaming industries and therefore small vendors like me get pushed out to the side. So yeah. I saw that coming, which was cool. And then moved into movies and then reality TV was going on and I had pitched a few shows and I was really known for my video reels. And if, if anybody out there is watching loaded dice rollers, you notice 
how good the editing is and the sound design and the, you know, now we're coming to you with full cameras. I mean, I have a um, four camera shoot going on with our stuff and it's just me, you know, I, so I have cool. the crew, I have the crew time me like, Hey, how fast can I set this up? And, and at first it was like two and a half hours and then, and that's podcasting stuff too. So you see this microphone that I'm using in the, the incredible councils and everything that we have. And I'll set that up. I'll set the game up. I'll be all ready. Uh, now I'm setting up cameras and lights. And oh the last time gosh. we shot, yeah, last time we shot was Total Party Kill. And you guys missed out on that. I wish you lived in Los Angeles. You would have loved this. Oh. Uh, we, we, we Because it was an elimination. And every challenge, the it was kind of like Squid Games before Squid Games came out. Because every challenge had the rules God had tucked under his under his book, uh, what the actual answer to the challenge was. And that may be first to die. That may be last to die. That may be, you know, eat the whatever. And so players really had no idea what would win them the challenge. And they got this <laughs> great five minutes to sort of talk about it amongst themselves and figure out some kind of strategy because people love strategy. And then we would play and, and man, somebody was knocked out every time. It was phenomenal, phenomenal. And LA, like, you know, any other area, I think LA is very unique in that there are, there's just incredible talent here. And so my talent pool is, is wonderful, wonderful. Anyway, so that's, that's, that's sort of my career. I, you know, have a degree in cinematography. I have a tech degree in audio. I did mix at Paramount Records for a little bit. And, um, you know, I scored music. I have scores in Warner Brothers films. Um, and I have, uh, you know, I've won awards in sound design. So that's, oh, that's cool. amazing. Yeah. Thanks guys. Yeah. It's tough, man, because in this industry, people like to pigeon you into a thing. Right. And the fact that I've edited features, television and promo and trailers, by, by the way, all four of those are very distinct areas mm. and they all look at you suspiciously from another angle. You know, just the fact that I did that was incredible. However, adding all these other things is, is really nice. And so I feel like, you know, like I'm talking to G4 right now. Uh, they're starting up again. That's and I don't crazy know, guys, to me. Yeah. Have you, the old TV, you seen it? the old gamer TV channel, G4. Yeah. You remember but that, Adam? It'll be online. Yeah. I kind of remember that with like uh, Morgan and stuff. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, she was the, the caster on that. Uh, yeah, right. I kind of remember it a little bit and, and watching some of it. And I would, if, if I could steal the TV away from, from my father for a little while to, to watch some gamer <laughs> yeah. television, uh, he was, <laughs> he, he, he didn't know it. He was a gamer too. It's just that his games were football, basketball, you know, <laughs> I'm into that thing. too. <laughs> that's yeah. totally cool. I like all um, that stuff. Including yeah, that's really cool. That's that's my, so, that, so that's coming back. Is that what, is that right? Yeah. So the son of the Comcast family, one of them really loves the, the brand and you know, John Ryber, so who used to run it, he's, he, he's no longer there. They just brought in a new president because what was going on prior was not good, but they had the Jack black, they have D and D beyond relationship with Hasbro. Nice. And so they were hosting a few games. I'm just going to give them my content because they don't have a lot of money and we could use the help. I think that'll really expose us to new audiences. Hopefully and promote win, win. Yeah, yeah. That's a great I mean, idea. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, keep, keep an eye out for that. I would love it if, if that happened. We're also, you know, I, I'm a producer. So I've been, the reason why we play Pathfinder as opposed to D&D is because the Paizo staff is so amazing. And I don't know if you've ever worked with them, but right now I have a top secret uh, lockdown going on with one of the properties and we're going to convert it into a television show. I'm, 
I'm talking with James Middleton. Nice. Um, I was supposed to meet with him today. He produced, um, uh, he well, Terminator, but he also produced, uh, oh gosh, one of my favorites. Why am I spacing on it? It's a Netflix series. It takes, it's like Blade Runner. Altered um, Carbon. All altered carbon. Yes. He nice. produced altered carbon. The dude's just amazing. So I'm hoping to suck him in. Um, and, and, you know, we've had some other offers, but he's my, he's my most favorite person to get involved right now. So there, there's other big things roaming around here, just beyond the game. And, you know, for me, it's, it's, a, a, it's been a love since the eighties. It, I, I think there's a certain, and maybe this is true with you guys. Start asking you guys some questions, but I've just run away with your podcast. Sorry. <laughs> by all means, by all means, this is easy, but, right? It's like but, when you're running a game and your players just start doing it and you're just like, yeah, all right, yeah, this, right? is, this is fine. <laughs> well, I've, I'm sure doing great. I'm doing an awesome job. <laughs> well, you know, you just, there. I've recently, I've confronted that. I think there is yeah. a certain amount of the population that has the theater of mind down in their head. Like the imagination has gone great. You know, like the, yeah. whatever tool that is, I don't think it's available for everyone. I think it's available for, Oh, no, certainly not. Yeah. I want to say a sixth or an eight of the human population. So we really yeah. get it. And for those of you listening who might not get like the D and D craze or the gamma world in my, and by the way, gamma world one, that was my, that was my jam. Nice. E1 camera world uh, it, or top secret. I, I like that one. Too. Boot Hill was good too. Anyway, <laughs> if you, if you're listening and you don't get into like what we're saying, it's because literally there are there, in my viewpoint, there's only a certain amount of people that can get what we're talking about. And if you don't get it, that's totally cool. Just know that when we're playing, our minds are right on that battle map. Our minds are right in front of that hill giant. Our, mm-hmm. our right. sword, I can taste the blood as it splatters into you. I, I feel the, the salt in the dry mind that we're in. It, it, it makes my nose dry. I can feel my fingers crisp. I can, you know, you, in the dank wind, I feel that as you describe these things or I'm describing them to players. And so that, if you're missing that part of D and D, that's why it's because yeah. you're not built that way. But if you want to have fun with it and you're not built that way, you still can just know that's what the other players are experiencing. I, I think there's a little bit of compassion, sympathy play there, right? Mm. You guys experience this with players. Well, well, I think that we all come away with very different experiences. And I think that some people are here to crunch numbers and run strategies we and, have those test, too. And, and test builds. And I think that they could care less about the, the, the salt content of the mine unless they can cause it to explode. <laughs> right. Mm, you know, right. If, if they can use it to their strategic advantage. Uh, but I certainly know the player that, that you're, that you're describing. And I think I'm a little bit maybe in between perhaps. And I know other players that mm. they just get absolutely so emotionally invested mm. in nearly every session where, mm-hmm. I mean, there's like crying and breakdowns and, wow. uh, and like really intense stuff. And I'm like, Whoa, I'm like about halfway there, but I'm not quite there, you know? So I, but I feel you, I think that we can, I, I think one of the really wonderful things about this hobby is that there are so many sort of soft skills that sort of inform it. So some people come into it because they like to draw. Some people come into it because they like to act or mm. write or even do math, you know, whatever it is, there's, there's kind of something for everyone. And then I think after that, it's just a matter of finding your table. And that yeah. is a, a huge exercise. I think so for, if people, 
for uh for myself i i've actually wondered if i uh struggle a bit with um i think they call it i think it's called aphantasia or something like that where where if you have it it's it's literally impossible like your your brain does not form mental images Hmm. Um, and there are there there are different uh degrees of how people experience those kinds of things where you know different people's imaginations where a lot of people will imagine like you say imagine an apple and somebody uh whose imagination will function relatively normally will basically be able to see an apple in their mind's eye with a reasonable degree of clarity where like for myself unless i am really being pulled in and my my own add battles with this too because just keeping my my brain on one track is hard enough but i'll this like is why i have to interrupt andrew sometimes right <laughs> uh but that like well, i'll go i'll close my <laughs> eyes sometimes and try as i might all i'll be seeing is like a black void or something like that or like like i'll i'll want to get my brain in there I'll say this though, but like when sometimes when you're running a game, when you're GMing, I can mm-hmm. see you describing the picture that that you're seeing in your mind. Mm. So I guess that's my way of saying you could have fooled me. <laughs> sure, um, interesting. And I I yeah. feel I like I'm that, kind of what somewhere in the middle ground. Yeah, if yeah. you're at a table and you have these people that who really are into it, just just do like you guys do and just, you know, play into that because Mm -hmm. you know, they're having a wonderful experience. So that's, that's what I was saying before. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I, but I also really enjoy what you're saying because getting into that, that sort of sensory depth, I think is really important for elevating what you can bring to that table because even the power gamer might not in the short run, um, appreciate the description, but it really will make it alive for him in a way that um, he may not expect, oh, especially yeah. when you're describing the details of his latest kill. So sure. <laughs> he, may, <laughs> he right. may find great enjoyment. And he's like, well, maybe I do understand part of this now. There you go. Well, you know, what so. might be an interesting, you know, I assume your audience is all gamers would be very interesting to have the <laughs> three of us maybe describe uh, the same scene or something. Oh, absolutely. And, um, to, to do that, I'll, I'll throw up some, some ambience. You guys can hear that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I hear okay, it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do a little experiment. And, um, you hear in the distance, um, you know, a creature, you know, that's not connected, but <laughs> what is that creature and what are we hearing? How do you describe this circumstance? Andrew, let's start with you. Oh boy, put me in the hot seat. All right. <laughs> so it sounds like one of your games, actually, yeah, Andrew. It it does. Uh so you look around and the twilight sky is dimming and you begin to feel the cold creep 
up your spine and down through the loose collar of your shirt and Mm. you feel kind of a, a clammy cold creep up through the soles of your boots uh and you walk along through the through the dirt and the soil and you smell the moss and the tree bark and you look up at the waving branches of these trees that are almost bare of leaves you hear the crows cawing in the background and flying overhead and you see the dark silhouettes against the almost night black sky and then with a nerve jangling discordant contrast comes a howl through the night and as that howl comes and reaches your ears you feel a different kind of cold creep through your body as the night sky turns from a slightly forgiving blue to a much less forgiving black. And all of a sudden you hear the sound of padded feet somewhere behind you and snarling in the darkness. That was really solid. Thank you. <laughs> I think you can Adam, add in, in the darkness to anything. It'll be really it, good. That's true. I've uh, <laughs> over on Dragna Carta's uh, Patreon discord. We've been uh, practicing some descriptive writing exercises. So they'll put up a Ooh. picture or whatever. And we'll uh, basically just kind of they'll put up an image for the day and we'll try to, you know, those of us that are in there will try to write up a quick description just to kind of keep ourselves sharp. So that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. All right. Fantastic. Adam. Same sounds. Uh, should we go with different sounds? No, do the same thing and see how we, okay, uh, let's reset it. Let's reset it. Here we go. All right. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. Ready? All right. Here we go. Ooh, I love that. Such good audio. Anytime, Adam. Your hands are clammy. Balled up his fists, gripping the cloth you were coached to hold in your hands to absorb the sweat. Your heart pounds in your chest as the smells of the night indoors fill your nostrils. You're sweating. You can't stop. You keep pushing it away, cursing yourself for your weakness, for your fear. You stand side to side with all of your brothers lined up against the wall, looking across the vast chasm towards the other side where lies your goal. And there they are, side to side, your enemy, but also the object of your desire. 
You cross step after hour-long step, heart pounding and racing, ignoring the music around you as it comes to a standstill. You hear the crows flying overhead as if to devour you, although their feathers are not present. As you reach the other side, you extend your trembling hand to her, and you ask her to dance. It's middle school. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, not middle school. (laughs) Oh, no. All right. That's how it feels, right? (laughs) Maybe you guys are more confident. I don't know. I just stay (laughs) away from the dances entirely. I gave him the old switcheroo. Oh, that was good. Oh, that was good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, see, and, and you hit on a really solid thing. I think if, if you've got GMs listening, even players, like I think it's really important to have the ebb and flow of, I mean, we all love adventures, right? And the reason is because there's serious battle, but then there's the comedy, right? Oh, and totally. you did the You did the like, perfectly, man. You just add that <laughs> a twist in the end. It was freaking great. Well, I couldn't do it yeah. straight up again. Andrew did it straight up. I was like, well, that that's what is actually happening, obviously. Right. So we, we've got to twist it a little bit. Although uh, if I was going to go with it in another direction, I was thinking, well, what if it was more of an evening, uh, maybe fields, a scarecrow, mm. uh, that sort of thing, sort of a sleepy hollow kind of yeah, kind of vibe. But, you know, maybe a little farmland or something. But I really uh, I really do agree with the uh, thought that. Well, we all buy into the shared narrative at that game table. You know, we sit around, we listen to the storyteller, we listen to each other as players, if we're playing, you know, take part in that. And in many ways, we share that experience, but it's also very different. Every single person around that table is going to see it just a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. And they're going to remember different things. And, Always. you know, humans uh, actually experience false memory all the time. Mm-hmm. And mm. we will swear, you know, in a court of law to certain facts having happened uh, and we will be dead wrong about them. And and so I really believe that that our our perceptions are very colored. Mm. Uh, you couldn't couldn't be uh, yeah. more right. Couldn't be more right. I have uh, one other thing that you or the audience actually doesn't know about GM McClouds is that I'm a trained coach at something called Landmark Education. Is that uh, right? You. You might have heard about Landmark through the Landmark Forum or maybe a friend of a friend. You know, I'll be honest, I don't back. know a dang thing. You know, okay. what is that? I am I met some incredible players. It's the lar- the world's largest uh, adult education. So it has nothing to do with D&D, but it's just okay. about people, right? And the great thing is uh, it's taught in 25 languages. It's it's the world's largest. Like Harvard Business School gives credit hours for the forum. Oh, wow. And it's a three-part course and it'll take you less than six months to complete the whole thing. And actually in the forum, I found out that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So it actually helped me, you know, I was at Warner Brothers, you know, doing things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and things like that. And I found out, hey, this isn't actually what I want to do at all. And so I, I took this course because my friend took it and I was like, well, he, I was asking him for advice and I would never ask him for advice. And I was like, <laughs> well, I, I want what you have. So I went and I got that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I, nothing about D&D at the time, by the way. Uh, but I also got that, you know, my dad out of it, which was kind of interesting because before I never spoke to my dad really. And my dad just passed away. And let me tell you the last 20 years, 
has just been a gift and it's been something I have a twin brother that my brother does not have and it will go unresolved for him. And I'm very thankful for that. Sorry to get deep with the podcast, but there we went. But uh, anyway, my point being that landmark education is all about people. So we discover all these ways of being that people are and how you became that way and what happened for you to get those, you know, kind of traps. I, I, they don't call them traps, mm-hmm. but I will maybe like a jail sentence. Like you're, you are that way because of this jail sentence, Bam, right? Like Adam, you, you don't become another way, Andrew, you, you're not another way. Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, we have these jail sentences. The, the gift that I get there is that I get to be free of that. And it, like any good meditation that you might do or whatever to remind you to be enlightened, you have to be in the practice of something in order to achieve it more and more and more and mm. more. And I'll, I'll tell you, man, it's been 20 years for me and I still have to remind myself if I don't have a powerful conversation around it once a day, I am completely out of it. So, you know, wow. and that's probably only for half an hour, an hour that I'm reminded, Hey, I'm creating my world the way I want to create it and how I want it to be. I'm living the life I love and I'm living it powerfully in their words. There you go. I only do that. Yeah. When I remember. So the great thing about what you said about players at the table with their psyches and hearing things. And we have a, they have a term called already always way of listening. It's an already always way of listening. Right. And so your players at the table are, they have this because it's part of being human. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just how we're built. And so if they're already well, always explain that, what exactly does that mean? Well, all right, let's look at it already. Always way of listening. So there's a listening that is always listening as to how they're hearing things at, at the table or wherever at work from the, from their spouse, whatever. And so it becomes, it becomes way deeper at the table when people are having these reactions. Like when you say dog, the word, we were talking about a word, right? Uh, that, that means I'm just, let's just, let's please, let's be present for everybody. And I'm going to say the word dog and I'm going to say what it means to me. And then mm. each one of us, let's just give a simple statement about what it means. Sure. And we'll look at the variety and please just be honest with it. So dog to me is my, when I was young, my mom was dating this guy. I was like, nine or 10 and his dog got hit by a car and I woke up and, uh, for some reason I went around the back of the, the garage in Ohio and the dog had been hit by a car and it it was bleeding out there and it died. And so when people say dog, it's kind of a sad story to me. So Adam, Mm. what what did that, what did, when I said dog, what came up in your mind for you? It couldn't have been more different. Uh, the color orange, isn't Mm. it orange? Uh, orange, brown, happy, Hmm. bright, optimistic, naive, Hmm. uh, basically corgis, right? Like that's where (laughs) my head goes. Yeah. Um, uh, dogs to me were like the true companion, like the friend that would, that would always love you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Andrew, what about for you? What, what came up when I said dog, what came up for you? Honestly, when you said dog, I was like a, a pet. Like I've had three, in uh in my life they've been they've all been excellent um they're just you know cute lovable you know <laughs> happy little pets and uh yeah. you know straight the definitions yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly <he> <laughs> like i, I just, works, so. um yeah. i was very 
I was like, okay, you said dog. So what is mm-hmm. dog to me? And it just dead simple. Yeah. He, he saw Times New Roman font in his mind. <laughs> yeah. One, two, there three. You go. <laughs> yeah. There, well, there it is. And, and that's what's amazing about the human mind. And these players are sitting at your table and you mention a word like salt mind or, you know, creeping into the, you know, the darkness and, you know, fondling the, the fog as it, as it hits your skin and it becomes damp and you become more cold, you know, whatever you're saying, people have all these associations with their past. And that, that's, what's great mm. about always already way of listening is that you have an automatic way of listening to words when they come at you. Right. And that doesn't have anything to do with me or Andrew or Adam, it's only for you, you know? So it's, it, I don't know. There's not a lot you can do about it. We use it to me. Once you really discover what communication with humans is, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Anything was ever done between humans. It, it, because I could say, put the brick in the wall. And literally that just means totally different things to people. Like my song went right to Floyd. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah there you go right you're singing a song I, i'm looking at mortar <laughs> right yeah but um, it's just because cool, i'm a teacher so i'm just i'm always a, a, a just a brick in the wall for everybody yeah um, and something you you teach middle school right high school high school uh, high school that's right that's right so it's so even there, worse there's, there's an incident uh, do you, what grade do you teach all, all of them nine through twelve Okay, I give I give you guys a yeah. great incident that uh, this is yeah. the sec the second one. It's the most easiest and obvious one to, for people to yeah. find. I don't. This is the totally landmark and probably shouldn't shouldn't uh, disclose it. But I think it's really interesting to think about these things. So there's there's a moment. And it's very Freudian, by the way. You guys study Freud at yeah, all? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. I, mm-hmm. I I don't know where exactly. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I've studied enough to say if I'm Freudian or anti Freudian. Sure. But I I, I do sure. think he had a point. Mm-hmm. Well, he he talks about the ego. I, I forget exactly how it goes, but the, the, the super ego and hides the from ego the id. And, yeah. yeah, so it goes something like the ego hides from the super ego should never be found by the id, yeah. something like that, right? Mm. And and it, it, forgive me if uh, you know people are looking this up right now. Forgive me if I said it backwards or something, but it, it's literally a three parter like that. And the, the most important part of it is is that one part of you will never be found, right? Mm. And like like Sauron. Uh, you know, finding the eye on the hobbits in his on in Mordor, right? I picture it like that. Once you and I've been, I've experienced it. So I tell you, it's completely freeing. Uh, when you shine the light, when you look at that little nasty piece of yourself, or something that happened, and I'm going to give you an insight for the teenagers you're working with. When you find it, it becomes, uh, you become free of it. Because now I have a choice around it. Whereas before it was something I didn't know that I didn't know. Hmm. Right. So I, 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 I have no idea. Right. Help, you have help no me idea. Out. Help me out. Help me out. Yeah. I don't understand. So, so there are things that you know, you know, and then there are things that you know, you don't know, like you don't know okay. how to fly a plane. Right. So sure. in general, if you know, you don't know something, you can do something about it. You can go get a book. You can get uh, lessons. You can go to the internet. Sure. Um, now, what about something you don't know you don't know? I.e. Right. something you think you know. Is that like a misinformed opinion? I mean, it's beyond that because at least or you just know. just a fact you just never, wouldn't even be aware of in the first place. You life. wouldn't even be aware. Yeah, you, gotcha. you're not even aware. So I am aware that there are many, many, many things I do not know. <laughs> yeah, and, and I was going to share the perspective. How much of the world do you think you know if if you know, the computer screen we're staring at is everything that humankind has ever discovered uh, throughout the known time that we've been here. Uh, how much of the screen do you think, you know, 
Well, and you Personally. wouldn't even know uh, anyway, even if it was if it was real or not, or if it was just a projection, because something something the cave. <laughs> right. So you, you may let, like I have an icon named hard drive and I might know like the A on hard drive, right? Or the I yeah. with the dot. I might know the dot on the I with hard drive. It's very small on my screen. I feel like so we're about to that. start a religion. Like we're yeah, right? Yeah. Right? yeah, call Nexium or whatever that was. Uh, but th- there's another part of things that we know and that's the stuff we don't know, right? We know okay. we don't know that. Gotcha. And that's probably the equivalent or maybe larger than what we actually know. But the, the, the rest of my screen is full with information that I, I don't even ac- have access to because I don't, I'm not aware of it. I don't know it's there. I don't know. Right. Mm. So in other words, this is what I'm about to tell you about your students. There's a moment it's Freudian in high school when you experience betrayal for the first time. Mm. The kids are talking about you. Maybe it's a, your partner, you know, some, somebody betrays you online, probably right. most, most likely social probably happens a lot. And you decide there's a way you're going to be at that point. Hmm. And that, and that dictates right. one third of your alchemy that designed you. And when I said jail sentence, that's, you know, part of it. Hmm. So wouldn't it be freeing to, to, and by the way, when I hear you guys going, mm, I think, you know, the moment that you were betrayed for me, I, I was dating this girl, yep. I was dating this girl. Same and story. I, I was out late and, um, we had gotten promiscuous and <laughs> yeah, Heck, well done. And, well done. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> I, I called it sick the Bravo next day. Bravo to your teenage <laughs> self. Yeah. I, I, called, I, called, I called in sick the next day and she went to school and I told one friend about the encounter. Oh, and, and, and everyone found out. Everybody knew everybody and she knew. called me and it was, it was freaking awful. Uh, and at that point, upset. yeah, at that point I knew I was just, I, at that point I just made the choice. Hey, I'm going to be pretty eccentric. From here, I started playing in bands. Uh, at the time, I wasn't playing D and D because girls came around. Mm. But you know that that's the way it was going to be, and that's the way it was until I went to the forum and discovered it, and I was like, "Wow!" So um, you know, Andrew, let's go in reverse. Uh, when when I said this betrayal in high school, what happened for you? Oh, jeez. <sighs> How many? <laughs> oh man! No, there's I, one, there's one like, that actually makes a difference. I, I for, was, for Andrew, high school was like I was relatively isolated. Uh, in people can forget this moment. By the in, way, it, your mind is built to block it out. In, right? It's the it. It's the Freudian thing that cannot be found. But this is the easiest one to find. For example, yeah. Um, God, health. I know. Uh, well, just think about it. It'll come to you, Adam. Yeah. You you seem to pop right away. And this is what, this is what happens in the, in the course, you know, Gosh, I, I feel like I've experienced betrayals from beginning to end. And I know that sounds really dramatic and I wasn't aware of how many betrayals I had been experiencing throughout mm-hmm. my entire life. Uh, I, I grew up in a, um, a, what's a nice word for it? A uh, mm. uh, uh, high demand religion. Mm. Oh, let's, okay. Let's call it, and it completely colored my entire existence. Uh, right. The way I saw the world was completely prescribed to me, and yet there was always an inkling of me that saw it differently, mm. which I thought was evil. 
but the the big betrayal that the very first thing, if I, it, it, you know, that popped into my mind based yeah. on what you said was also with a girl. Uh-huh. Uh, but it hadn't been a, a, a one-off thing. It had been a long relationship oh. and the, the religion's influence on my life um, made a, a very big impact on our relationship and it um, resulted in uh, a lot of pain and a lot of loss. And it, it did result in, in betrayal of a mm-hmm. pretty egregious sort at the time. I mean, I, I'm sure people have had it worse than I have, but it certainly affected me quite deeply. Mm. So the, you know, the most important thing and look, people, I appreciate your honesty. Thank you for that. And it's like, everyone has these experiences. It's just part of being human. Mm. By the way, this is why cults are very popular in my D and D games. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you can draw from that. They Uh, they tend to come up. (laughs) Yeah. So you can really know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. And I, I can make these, these antagonists a little extra scary because boy, they seem friendly. (laughs) <laughs> yeah off the bat that's right that's yeah. right awesome good work yeah man that's that's how and so you know the point my point being that you know your high schoolers are going through this right now and they're experiencing that and then they're going to be a new way and that's why you see shift in personalities and all this stuff and it sort of designs they self-design without kind of knowing mm-hmm. and you know the, the wonder the best thing is uh you know knowing like i i know how these things happen in me and like I can now choose differently, hmm. you know, whereas before I was pretty much an automaton, I might choose. To, I mean, look, by the time you're 80, you're going to figure all this stuff out. How, you know, like, how would you like to be 35 and know it, everything that you would know at an 80 year old about yourself? Right. I mean, you know, oddly grand- enough, at, at 38, I actually know less than I did when I was uh, <laughs> oh, 15 yeah. for a while yeah. <laughs> by, by a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My grams and I would talk and uh, before she passed a few years back, yeah. but we'd have the, the wisest discussions. She was totally on board with it. Right. Um, you know, and you know, the, there's just, there's wisdom to be found with your players understanding the player types that you have at your table. Um, I've had, you know, extreme. And when I say that, you know, I, I, GM McLeod's came from I, uh, a brewery here in, um, I, I live in Sherman Oaks and right behind me is Van Nuys and it used to be part of Van Nuys. So it's like two blocks away from me. This brewery started called McLeod Ale and they have incredible beer and I'm a big beer fan. And so I would go over and I befriended the, two owners. And at the time they had one simple room and it's in the, it's in an area where there's tow trucks and you would get your car fixed and you would buy marble. It's totally industrial. It's like, mm. I've had three flats over the years parking over there from nails in, in the street. And so I haven't trained some my tires. That's a big tip for anybody. I used to get there. flats yeah. out in California all the time. I don't yeah. know what's going on. Uh, I, it's never out here. Dudes mm. fly their nails around. Yep. It's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and so anyway, I started helping them out. And then I, I said one time, I said, what's your worst night of the week? Cause I really, they weren't, they were doing okay. They had raised $75,000 by founders, which means the Whoa. founders drink for free. And there was a whole list of like 45 of them, by the way, or 42 founders. So they all drink for free for life. And I've been invited to do it a bunch of times. I'm probably dumb for not, but I, I, I just say, I like supporting you guys. So I'll just pay, mm. you know? And so Wednesday nights, Tuesday night became dark night, Wednesday night, nothing going on. So I said, let's do game night. So I became known as the game master McLeod's mm. oh. cloud ale. And I was running game night and I had to put up a, um, uh, you know, Facebook group and I had to put up a, a meetup 
meetups. Do you guys ever use oh, a meetup yeah. anymore? Yeah. yeah. And so that's just how it happened. That was probably eight years ago. And I hate to say it, they're doing so well now that they kind of don't need game night. And no. we show up on Fridays and Thursdays. However, Alistair, they bought the place next door. They also expanded to another brewery, by the way, in um, uh, Highland Park. And so they bought the place next door and it was a set. It was a, it was a movie set. Oh, place. I never, cool. Yeah. And so they have this, uh, for those listening, I'm going to give away a big secret in LA. They have a speakeasy in the back. And Ooh. it's called the Lost Souls Tavern. And that's where Loaded Dice Rollers plays. That's that's our place. That's our set. So if you see Total Party Kill or us playing together, that's that's where we jam. And uh, it's it's been a blessing, man. I, I love those guys. Uh, the beer's great. I think I have celiac from drinking all the yeast, but whatever. <laughs> I'll keep doing it. <laughs> you know, life's about quality, not quantity. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, that's what, and what a great name for, for a secret bar, right? The, the lost, lost souls. Tab. Uh, I didn't even name it by the way. He, he already had it. It was <laughs> like the, it was a set piece and, and it's four cornered and the, and yeah. it takes two walls to get back there. And wow. So cool. It's like DreamWorks has a speakeasy. Did you know that DreamWorks? What's that right? Yeah. I've, I've done a few animations. Yeah. They have a full on bar speakeasy. It's up in kind of an addict attic area um an addict area yeah, if you're a drinker uh but the attic and it's got keg it's amazing it's phenomenal man so we gotta get down to la, LA. now dude yeah, if you guys definitely. come down i i will literally spend the weekend go, taking you around like oh yeah I, i'm sold i don't know if i can get into dreamworks on the weekend but you know we'll do something i mean you know? the, the the breweries sound like plenty i i will be an absolute beer snob Oh, and go around with you and enjoy myself. That'd be fantastic. Will, yeah. I love stouts, my, by the way. I'm a stout guy. Oh, uh, they, they have an oatmeal stout that will oh, yeah. rock your boat. It, it's it so clean. So freaking clean. <laughs> I, I, you know, when I drink a Guinness now, I can't really drink it because I know what fresh stout tastes like. I'm like right. Oh. Sure. Sure. You know? Yeah. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. But if I yeah. drink a Stella, then I just, I'll, I'll even settle for a Guinness after that. <laughs> I'll tell you this. If you guys come down to LA, there's an LA uh, group, Facebook group that I tap into for resources too. And I've, I've created a couple uh, Facebook groups, but th- this yeah. one is not mine. And I reach out and I say, Hey, who wants to jam this one off? I've been rolling this murder mystery thing that is absolutely a blast. And I will collect a bunch of great players. You guys come down. We'll drink great beer. The next night, I'll, I'll I'll take you around to a couple other breweries. But that first night, we'll hit McLeod and we'll we'll play a murder mystery. Oh, oh that fun. sounds fun! Yeah, sounds like yeah. a good time. Yeah, like uh, one of those murder mystery party games. You get everybody gets like their cards and stuff. And it's RPG, man. Yeah, yeah you, those you, are fun. You play it in the game, and usually usually they'll throw in a couple of gifts. Uh, which yep. is cool because they, they have nice uh, apparel and stuff. So the pizzas cool. are amazing too. But they want best best pizza with their vegan pizza in California. Whoa! By the way, yes, yeah. their vegan pizza. It's uh, anyway, it's Why disturbing. Not? Yeah, not? sorry to get on a tangent. I think I'm hungry. I think that was the right <laughs> tangent. I think everybody's with you. <laughs> well, I could taste the sauce in the pizza. Yeah, you. I put that in your head. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And, and there's, there's another word pizza. Like everybody thinks of different things, you know? So it's, it's anyway, this is what we were talking about is like how players, um, you know, come up, you, you say words as a DM and they mean totally different things to people across the table and you want yeah. to be conscious of that. You know, the, the, the smell of fresh basil, definitely, mm. definitely in my top 10. Mm. Definitely. Did you know, 
Top I just learned this. I did a shoot. I uh, we're shooting all the time in Colonial Williamsburg, which uh, is off the grid. Like there's no electricity. So everything I had was powered by battery and three cameras, multiple lights, audio, all that stuff. Yeah. And I spent time with um, a, a, a man. He's, he's a chef. He is an influencer. He, I mean, he gets 6,000 likes on his every Instagram. I mean, that's he's big. And Michael was sharing he's, he's African-American, but he went back to his roots and he really discovered all these interesting, interesting things about, you know, enslaved people and what they brought with them. And Basil was from Africa. Really? Is that right? Part of his indigenous. And I think of Italy. I know. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of things like this and there's a lore around it, which, you know, you could use it at your, your DM table. Oh God, Uh, you're going to make me hate Basil. No, no, let's, let's use it. Let's, (laughs) let's go with it. Here we are. Use the hate. You're in a lair and you're, you're hunting for the dragon. And unfortunately you've gotten a little too close because there's stale water inside and the water produces mosquitoes and the mosquitoes fly all around you. This is bugging you between your plate mail, jabbing you between your spiked leather armor. You guys have been hit by mosquitoes before. It's insane. And your stealth check goes down by five, by the way, because you're just slapping mosquitoes. And so upon entering, your teammate grabs some basil and rubs it on his body and throws the basil away. And you notice his stealth check is not negative five. He's normal because basil keeps away mosquitoes. And that's, and by the way, that's what Africans use as mosquito repellent. So that my story is wrapping back to Michael and, and his and, uh, discovery. <laughs> so it's, it's a basil is used to ward off evil on a house. So what, what you do is when you leave the house, you take the basil plant outside your door and you rub it on you and white, you know, us Caucasians made interpret that like, Oh, it's some kind of voodoo ritual, but, but for, for them, it was just warding off the mosquitoes and literally you would see them do this a lot. So basil is a mosquito repellent and you know, you find in indigenous Africans using it for that purpose. So just something That's interesting. Brilliant. Yeah. So, so if they see us eating it, they're just like, what's wrong? With no, that? they eat it too. But oh, okay. <laughs> they're like, okay. No, you, you're up. You're up. Yeah. Like, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, that's uh, that's really interesting. And uh, it, you know, it's funny if if I were to say something similar like that to a student and and do it in a uh, in story format, they would most likely remember it forever. Mm. And but if I say, "Hey, fun fact, kids, basil's mosquito repellent." Anyway, moving on. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably oh, yeah. zero chance. Zero. <laughs> Unless it's just like really such just non related to the rest of the lesson, right? Uh, I mean, negative I'm, five on your on your stealth check. I think anybody's going to remember right. that. <laughs> yeah. Those, what is he talking about? Yeah. We were talking about, uh, you know, Fed policy a second ago. And now, <laughs> you know, we're going. Well, I wonder if it so, repels. Uh, what, are, what are the bigger mosquitoes? Sturge? Sturge yeah, the Sturges. Yeah. Sturges, I, yeah. I, I had a bad experience <laughs> with Sturges in third edition. Uh, oh, was, no. What happened? It was, uh, basically, tell just, me. just perma paralyzation. I thought my character was so cool because like I was such a noob <laughs> character, right? Like yeah. I'm, I'm definitely like, 
in the camp of making like the edgelord characters back when I was in like high school. And even when I first started college, one of my characters was a half fiend, right? Which if you roll one of those guys, like you just know everything you need to know. But anyway, (laughs) I, I, I just think I'm so cool. I'm like immune to everything. And these Sturges just absolutely punked me. They just absolutely like, I just, I, I lost to a bunch of big mosquitoes and it was, uh, I, I remember it to this day. I was so frustrated. I think I went like three rounds, just not doing anything. And you know, three rounds in a group of five or six players is an eternity. A long oh, time. That's a, yeah. That was a long day. I ate a lot of chips though. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Are you using that's, Sirenscape? That's another that was Sirenscape. I used ah, several things. It is. Yeah. Adam, you're right. It is the sounds that I use. It, yeah, I was yeah. about to say, that sounds like every night in Curse of Strahd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey! <laughs> except for that part. There's not as much cheering that happens. Uh, uh, at least not yet. We're working on it. We're working and then, on it. Then, uh, then I have some original designs myself. I use this one for uh, stabbing, you know. Oh, that's great. Pull out the yeah. Oh, you hear the blood. So good. Here comes another one. This is right to the body. Oh, just, cr- just crunch them right over. Oh, it's just so satisfying. Yeah, isn't it? Ah. and then you, you have uh, oh, for on lasting sword fights. As I'm talking, you you encounter someone and they're oh, yeah. fighting in the distance, or you. Ding, 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 and then ding, ding, ding. these were great. I made these for a trailer a long time ago with uh, it was um, Time Machine. Do you guys remember that with Pierce or um, what's his name? Anyway, I use this all the time. This is cool. creatures from from Time Machine, but it's so great. You know, man, good you know, sound effects just, are yeah, a man. blast. I know. I just got to finally sit down and shell out for it. It is, it is really cool. And, uh, I need to stop like buying individual sounds. Uh, probably not, not the play. Don't do that. So well, I, I, sh- I do both. If you can get, I mean, honestly, when I'm playing what I, in season one, when we were in person doing the podcast only before video, I would literally edit these cold opens before the next time we play it, which mm-hmm. is weekly. Yeah. So in, and I'm kind of insane. Like last year I produced 130 hours of content myself Whoa. and usually I have a, a machine behind me. That's including Van Damme's podcast. I was, uh, I do a healthy home hacks podcast. We do our podcast. I did three hours of content for discovery. I did, um, eight hours for Microsoft, you know, and we did 30 hours of video podcast along with all that. So uh, the majority of it was audio podcast, but a lot of it was video. And so I'm sort of an animal. I discovered I'm obsessed with, um, you, you guys ever read a book called rare breed? Mm-mm. Any chance? Anyway, they, they have an interesting classification for you. You guys are both special. I'm telling you rare breeds right now. It would be an interesting to take the quiz online, the rare breed quiz. You can, you go to rare breed quiz and, and it'll show up and you guys can tell each other what type you are because there are strengths and weaknesses to every type. Mm. And I discovered being obsessed is, is wonderful, but it blocks out the rest of the world. Yeah. And so being obsessed, of course I can get 130 hours done in one year. Um, of course, you know, I can, you know, do equally, if not more this year, my, my trick is I used to have a production company with a lot of people working at it before COVID and it it all died. It all died. And so now I have to rebuild or do I just kind of skate along? You know, I'm kind of at that, that I, I feel like I should be working for at least another 15 years, pretty hardcore if I can. Mm. But another part of me is like, screw it. Let's just play D and D. 
y- yeah. you know, that thought goes yeah, through yeah, our I, I minds that one. every day. Yeah. <laughs> I feel that one. Yeah. And, and by the way, we used to play D&D in the middle of the day. And my wife, who's the line producer, would come back because we, we in the production house. And she would she would look at us and I'd have this big, I had this five by eight table. And I would just leave it rolled out with maps and like, you know, my 3D mm-hmm. train, the artwork that I make. And uh, which is better than Dwarven Forge. You know, it's it's all handmade for what's going on. Like I've made pits, I've made uh, canyons, I've made, you know, these incredible, you know, I make towns, I have entire towns. And uh, so she'd come back and see us playing like, and we, we would all be like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> so, then we go back to work and, you know, try not to do it again until the next day. But anyway, that that's kind of, you know, my, I guess my dream is to, uh, have G4 pick us up and, you know, just being able to concentrate on the D&D oh, stuff yes. and maybe, maybe make Paizo's dreams come true with a few of their properties in Hollywood too. That'd be special. Right. Cause I, sure. I don't think the D&D movie, I don't, you know, I know some of the, the I know some of the people involved and actually that property has been, you know, uh, it's been pushed around yep. for what, 20 years or something. A while. Crazy. Yeah, and the, the other films have not been, spectacular no and uh, they, nobody's been able to make it and the reason is because uh studios need to take over once they get it but the studio people don't under, they're not me right like if they had a producer like me they're championing the game the rpg the fans like there would be no chris pine cast it, it would i would go straight to uh, you know i would go straight to social and there would be a huge upheaval about who should take that position mm. and you know because we love these games and we all want the game to go as, as weird. And although you might say, I don't think Chris Pine would ever be voted in as a main character for a D and D movie. Do you? Mm. Oh, why not? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it happened to the weigh-ins. I mean, Right. I, well, yeah, exactly. And in that tone, I say exactly. Yes. Yeah. Hugh uh, Grant is the nemesis in the movie. Hmm. Like no, the, it's Jeremy Irons. Isn't no, it? no, that's the original. In the new one, it's oh, Hugh Grant. Okay. Yeah, and it's is that kind of, right? Yeah, I mean that guy literally was living down the street when he got arrested in Hollywood. Right, right. Yeah, I, I was imagine a being a, married to Elizabeth Hurley and going, you know, something's missing. <laughs> I just don't understand that. I mean, well, she is the most gorgeous person that ever existed, right? But there, there probably was no, you know, I would say there's no intimacy. Uh, yeah, oh, it can lack gosh. relationships, especially very powerful couples. It's it's difficult oh, to, to find that balance. That's true. Um, you know, it's again, we say these things and in, in our we interpret them from our past, but for, from their past, it's something that's totally I, different. I, I know you say that you, you, you tell you talk about that experience, and I think ingratitude. Yeah, <laughs> son of a <laughs> should be grateful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but, um, um, that, that's yeah. really funny. Um, I want to, I want to ask you a, a couple of questions if you don't yeah. mind. Um, Please. although I, I have really enjoyed the conversation. I, but I do want to start with the beginning and the end and I want to get into where did this all start for you? Oh man. Are you kidding? Uh, my friend, I know it's one of those questions that is in every interview, but you know, I, I, I think I it's so it. important. And I've never, uh, you, you, you guys have talked with a couple of loaded dice rollers and we've, we've chatted for a while yeah. now, but we've never been able to talk at this level. And I really appreciate the, uh, your podcast. I love inspiration point. Oh, I think, thank you. I think you, you guys are doing great stuff and doing I, I the Lord's work. Be, 
Well, yeah, yeah. Whether it be uh, Nike or whoever, whoever, which Lord you you worship in D and D, and which universe. Uh, but you know, I and I and I do think that you're you're on spot. I think that this this podcast makes a lot of sense for me. Um, you know, we've never been able to talk about this. I had a friend, Pete Zelinsky, and Pete at the age of he was doing multiplication and division when he was five, and Pete. You know, we'd go roller skating. He was a terrible roller skater, very clumsy. Classic but Pete. He would read the signs. Yeah, he said to my mom, we, we were all like six. It was like my, he goes, Ma, uh, uh, Kathy, Miss Stander, uh, why, uh, why is there no smoking or food, food drinks beyond this point? Was, uh, we were roller skating and, you know, he was just, he was brilliant. And his parents were Polish and, and they were first generation immigrants mm. and they were very awkward. And they had this kid that was like brilliant. I mean, the, the dude had what my mom's a PhD and, and she was a principal and she, um, dealt with, uh, you know, intelligent kids her whole life. And she, she considers Pete to be at like 150, maybe a little bit above IQ wise. He's just, yeah. it's, it's hard to measure after that point. It really is. And so Pete, you know, when Dungeons and Dragons came out, he said, Hey, do you guys want to play a game? <laughs> and we got these cool dice at the local bookstore yeah which I still have, by the way, I got a lot of those sets. They're awesome. Those original dice. And he just, he set my imagination on fire along with my friends. And, you know, there, there's some great music that I have in my head when it plays, I go directly to that moment at Tappan's, you know, Jason Tappan's uh, dinner table and we're playing and Pete's leading the group and it's just awesome fun. And those songs more than any other memory bring me back to those days. And so it sort of began there. And of course I got, I wanted to play more than once every two weeks or whatever we were playing. And so I would make my own games and have people in them. And then that quickly spun to a zero as we discovered girls. And then as you you know, I was in a band and then college went by and then believe it or not, years later, <laughs> I was casting this show it was a green renovation show there's a show called green of eight that had been on. And I liked the, the, these two guys that appeared, no, a woman and a man that appeared on it. And so I got in touch with them and cast them in my show. And he noticed I had a gamma world TSR on my screensaver huh. at, when we met for coffee. And Ron says to me, uh, Hey, what's that? I go, Oh, it's just a game we used to play. And we used to play boot Hill and top secret gamma world, all, everything first edition, but we always came back to D and D. Uh, it was so much fun. And Pete would make his own maps and we couldn't afford miniatures at the time. It was just, it was, it was, <laughs> it was stranger things. Have you, have you guys seen? It was oh yeah, 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 for sure. For that sure. was us yeah. at that time. Literally, I think we were about the same age in the seventies yeah. playing. And so it had taken that long and, and Ron and his two brothers had never stopped playing. And they said, Hey, would you want to come down to orange County? And I said, sure. So I thinking it would be a one-off Right. I was like, okay, well, I'll go down and play with him once. He's, he's the host of the show and I should get to know him a little bit. Yeah. And that show did sell, but then the, the network hiccuped on it. Um, bad. It was do it yourself network. You do it yourself. Mm. Anyway, um, <laughs> I went down and I haven't stopped playing. I think that was 15 years ago. And then at some yeah. point I was, I, I wanted to play more and McLeod Ale had started. And so I just was like, we're just going to do a daily and a weekly. So we started doing it and yeah, kind of grew from there and the need for awesome sets. Well, you know, I didn't want to buy, you know, $300 houses from Dwarven Forge or whatever yeah. Hearst. And, and so I just started building myself cause I I'm an artist and can do that stuff. 
And so that's, that's how it all kind of happened, man. You know, and now I'm just Wonderful. pushing the boundaries, you know, you, you, what you guys else think I'm can stopping I do here. with this? There's, yeah. 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 There's no, yeah. That's why the film, that's why the, you know, it, what'd you guys find out? I talked to Matt Mercer's agents, by the way, his, his, I work with his agents at uh, CAA and I've talked to his personal agent, like critical roles represented CAA, the, the, the group are individually repped by their own people. Mm. And uh, you know, like Sam is a friend of my very good friend. And so, you know, like I, I, I've actually asked Sam on the podcast before, but I think we're too small beans, but it being uncovered that they each earned like 3 million bucks or what, what was it? $9 million on um, Twitch, right? All that information was divulged a few weeks ago. Mm. And so that's what and, I heard. And, yeah. And they got the deal with Amazon and, and they raised that fundraiser for what? 13 million for the animation pilot, right. which became their first season. And granted, yeah. I, I love those guys. I was a voice director at Warner brothers. That's, that's what I did before I got into the promo. I was, I was, I was directing voiceover talent you know, we had Animaniacs and things like this. Not that I was in charge of any of that, but I've, I would just do the rooms. Sure. And, you know, so I've worked with all the top talent and that's where I come right now because what we have going on next, I think is going to blow everybody's mind. Uh, li- literally like this is, this is the best, my 30 years in Hollywood and my, in my design, my game design past and my music, everything It culminates to this. And I think this is it. So what we're going to do, as you guys said, we play Star Wars RPG, and it's unfortunate. Final, uh, was it F- uh, Final Flight Games has just turned over. Fantasy Did Flight they just go out of business. Yeah, Fantasy Did Flight. They? they just, I think so. They sold to I don't know some horrible thing going on right now, and it's terrible timing for us. But I love Edge of the Empire. I love it. Have you Have you guys played Edge of the Empire? I I had, I played a I think third edition or something yeah. uh, of uh, Star Wars. It was a D twenty system. I don't oh, okay. think it, it's the same thing. Uh, no, it's, it's different. But you know, there was the D six system, and then yeah. They, yeah, they matured it. This Edge of the Empire is my favorite. It's right after the Death Star blew up, and okay. and and it has its own dice system. They're all like D eights, and there's one D twelve, and you succeed or you fail or you don't do anything, and you roll for yourself and your enemy at the same time. So whatever the opposition might be, you climbing a wall, you doing whatever. And there's very little, um, force in the universe. Like as a GM, I have to, I'm, I break the rules by saying I give players a little bit of a chance that they might be force sensitive. And in that I give them the allowance that if you succeed on a role, then you can use what you see in the movies. Like, you know what I mean? It's pretty easy because everybody knows, Oh, I can move something, change somebody's mind. I can add damage. I can, you know, like this type of thing. Right. So it's a super cool system. And so what, what I've done is I've cast, I've literally hand cast it. Cause I've never had this opportunity. Like before I just picked everybody that w- it was at McLeod ale. I have wonderful players there. Zero doubt about that. And then I went on to the all female in season two. Um, the female cast came from uh, friends around town that were movie, you know, these are all actresses and stuff. And that was wonderful. Season three was a, a combination, but I had a guest star every episode. Every episode, we had Peter Atkinson, we had uh, uh, Jameson, we had Satine, we had um, the guy that made dwarf uh, the uh, the uh, pixel dice. We had um, John Irons from t- the Virtual Tabletop. We had great guests through the whole season, right? And I think that hasn't released yet, but that that's going to make a splash. But it's not going to equal what we're up to right now. So we're doing Star Wars, and I have cast literally the best impersonators you've ever met in your life. And oh. so I have a Matthew McConaughey, a, uh, yeah, Christopher Walken, 
Uh, <laughs> off to a great start. Sold. I'm already yeah. sold. I'm already in. Yeah. I have an incredible Princess Leia. I have a, um, a Jennifer Coolidge. And yeah. so you're going to hear this and you're going to be like, it's those people playing. You know, it's, it's going to be crazy. These people literally do the impersonation so well that anyway, it might be short run because the talent is so high caliber. I can only get them for so long, but it's going to be incredible. So look out for season three of Loaded Dice Rollers because literally the guest stars are worth every, every single moment of that entire season. There's about 30 episodes. And then we did a short run called Total Party Kill TPK, which you guys missed out on. It was totally a blast. It was like an elimination thing, fully on camera. We were all in person. It was amazing. And now we're moving on back to digital because some actresses are in New York and mm. every, we're, we're everywhere. So we're just going back to digital, but I'll make it really as cool as I can. And I'm just looking forward to seeing what everybody's reaction is. And I'm looking for ways to get it out there. You know, it's just me, by, by the way, it's just me at the end of the day, editing, sound design, I license the music, by the way. I license the music and sound effects. I do the graphic design and I'm doing the editing of what is the combination of sometimes like 24 tracks of audio. Like it's ridiculous. And then, and then the top on the video, because you guys each have a video layer coming to me or I'm shooting multi-camera. And so I'm doing all that. Plus I'm posting it every week. I, I don't know if you guys have been noticing YouTube. Every week I'm launching like one or two from season one as a graphic kind of display. It's mm. as cool as I could do because we initially recorded it as a podcast, but I need some visual thing to put it on YouTube. And I thought, well, let's don't half ass it. Let's do something cool. So right. that that's my, that's the imagination of what's, what's cool for Spencer or GM McLeod's. And so uh, season two will be launching right after that. Season two is already available on podcast. So you can go check that out. The girls are freaking amazing role players. If you like just a good audiobook that takes you into dark places, this is the this is the season for you. It's season two of the Loaded Dice Roller. Season one's more of a journey, role playing, figuring out Pathfinder Two E. If you mm-hmm. if you want to know how to play that game, that's a great great example. As we go from level one all the way up to twenty. Wow! And let me tell you, it was a path of discovery. And normally, characters advance 160, 160 experience points, and you need a thousand to go up to the next level. And that just goes for all levels, mm. right? So. In general, you're supposed to only go up a level every like third or fourth time. Maybe you meet, maybe we just went up a level every time. Yeah. And it was, oh, yeah. that'll make it go a lot faster <laughs> for yeah. sure. Well, we yeah. still have 60 episodes and, and Juliet Landau, by the way, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she joins us in the final episode as Phrasma, the God, you know, she overlooks the, 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 the boneyard, the souls of the dead. Um, <laughs> no matter who, what God you answer to, you always see Phrasma. She is the, the beginner of universes and endings and she controls all undead you know she's undead is her enemy and uh she's she will see your soul where it needs to go it was that episode will make you cry and it's literally 59 it's coming up we're launching 56 55 and 56 this week it's literally coming like in the next two weeks two or three weeks you have got to to listen to that episode Mm. it is probably the best hour of rpg because you remember we record three hours and i edit these back to an hour like there's no there's no screwing around completely sound design. I mean, you're immersed 100%. And so that's coming up. I'm really excited. But this, um, anyway, the Star Wars RPG, I think, I think it's going to blow people's mind. If it doesn't, I'm doing something very wrong. And if somebody out there is listening and says, Hey, I want to be part of a powerful engine, like what GM McLeod's has going on. I could use social help. Like we were talking about this. We're on discord. I'm never, I, I barely know this 
I hate to say it, but I barely understand everything that's happening on Discord. I could really use some help there. Mm. Reddit, our our, twi- our Twitter channel is suffering because you have to understand YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. But believe it or not, my t- GM underscore McLeod's at TikTok is blowing up, by the way. I have, I have a lot yeah, of Yeah, that, that's the place yeah. to be. Yeah. And, and uh, tw- uh, Twitch. Yeah, Twitch. Uh, now, Twitch, we have uh, gathered a large following, but it, it we never go on anymore because I have not figured out OBS well enough. Right. What I was doing was just playing the episodes in a quick time as a scene and, and having that go because I, I want everything edited. I want it to be great for you guys to listen and watch. Right. And course. so we might go back to doing that and I would love to play live for charity or something like we would totally do that. But for ourselves, right. we're, we're always going to be well produced, you know? Gotcha. Anyway. Yeah. 100%. So what do you guys, in in my coaching world, what did you hear out of that? <laughs> <laughs> what I heard is I am extremely excited about all the projects I'm working on. Right? Yep. And oh, that yeah. is, you know, that is the main thing we can, you hear the passion and the interest. I want to go check out those things. Oh, man. Uh, if for no other reason than, Hey, this guy believes in, in what he's selling. And, and it's really that passion that we're all here for. Right. And the, the, the question I always want to ask to, to every guest is regarding their relationship to the secret ingredient. And if you've mm. been listening to the show, you know that the secret ingredient is it's, I mean, it's the classic, right? The secret ingredient is love. And for me, love, uh, greatly informs, uh, my relationship with this game. And, uh, and I try to have it to the best of my ability form my relationship with my players, no matter how well I know them or don't know them. Definitely. And, and certainly my relationship with Andrew, who, by the way, I get the same visual image as I do with a dog. So I think that tells you <laughs> there you go a, a lot. And I hope you take that as a, as a compliment. Andrew is certainly is me- meant as because I'll, I'll be Andrew, your Ryan. Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it was, <laughs> a little cowboy bebop reference out there. If you, <laughs> yeah. if you want a loyal friend, Andrew, Andrew. is a loyal friend. Well, it, it, I came across a quote from Maya Angelou lately, and she says, people will never remember what your, your, the information you're relaying, but they will remember how you let make them. Exactly. It's, mm, it, yeah. it's very true. And, and so that is the impression I come away with. But my, my question just to, just to lay it out there for you is how has the secret ingredient affected your life with this hobby? Well, my wife doesn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's love and then there's love and and uh there there of course uh, my passion and, and i am enthralled with fantasy and i'm enthralled with fantasy i don't know where it's going you know and like it making it up at a table is the best thing for me it's just like it is yeah you know it's like you know being a vegan and eating cheese pizza again with you know it's just like <laughs> wow how good is that but yeah no um yeah. And so you can find some of that passion at, and I, I've started to, I, at first we started as loaded dice rollers. So it's a little confusing for people out there. So you can find us on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, GM McLeod's and, and you can find me at GM McLeod's presents on YouTube and our channel's doing really well. You can find us sometimes at loaded dice rollers. And I think this is part of the issue is we, I really have to, I've got to hone that back probably to just GM McLeod's mm-hmm. presents probably. Um, because it's, it's confusing people to have both out there, but 
Um, I love the loaded dice rollers. It'll definitely be something that's always going on. You know, I just, uh, with Total Party Kill and the Star Wars thing, which remains to be untitled. And by the way, when you get the hook of that, you're going to be like, oh shit, Disney needs to call you guys. <laughs> Disney screwed up hardcore. Like the, you're, you're going to be, you're, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to be like, wow, this just sets the lore on fire. It's amazing. Well, uh, anything you do will certainly be better than those films. <laughs> Um, well, it's like Baby Yoda, right? You're like Baby Yoda, what the hell? Yeah, oh, wow. it, yeah. Just that moment alone is just like, why didn't they think of that before? This is obvious, you know. Took some, you know, independent talent. I, I, I think they just kind of, you know, at at the at the studio level, one one thing your listeners got to get is you get frustrated with movies like uh, the original Dungeons and Dragons movie. You get very frustrated with these things because they don't turn out good. Well, you have an entire studio system. Yep. Right. And that studio system is like Terminator. My friend wrote Terminator three, not the one that came out, but he, there was five writers by the way. And he was like number four. So it was writ- rewritten again. And you could say, Oh man, Terminator three, that was a really bad movie. Right. Well, the thing is it went through a studio. So don't be surprised yeah. if you're, if you are an RPG owner, like Nord games mm. or whatever you are out there and you're getting your, your property. And by the way, I, I love talking about that kind of stuff. So if you have something that's special and has a little bit of an audience, I might be able to push it. Nice. And so, it, you know, like just understand once you hook it up with the studio and you make that deal, yep. it's out of your hands. Well, it's so that's why independents like me make a whole hell of a lot of sense because if I can raise, you know, a million bucks on a great property to have a writer, like for example, I'm going to not name the, the person, but uh, the Ford versus Ferrari rider, mm. right? Let's, let's get, let's get the Oscar, the, get the Oscars out. <laughs> if I can hire him to write it for 750, right? Out of that million and develop the rest of it with, I mean, that is the right idea because you're putting it in, you're putting it in fans hands to develop independently. You're going around that studio system, you know, screw Netflix, screw Amazon, all these, all these new, uh, you know, studios, they all have their hands heavily in stuff now. Of course. So there's no more indie, you know, and unfortunately the, the Weinsteins went down. Um, and I say that not because unfortunately for them, we all, we, the entire industry knew how bad it was. Uh, but unfortunately, because they were the last kind of independent company, mm. you know, they would yeah, let you develop a movie yeah. and they would, they would distribute it. They showed up at Sundance. They viewed my movies. Um, they didn't put an offer in, but that's okay. Uh, but they <laughs> well, would do no, that. Bitter. And, they stayed through the whole the whole screening which i was impressed at that, that was the director's great. cut by the way that, that is, is really not cool. not the producers the producer's cut is what came out the director's cut was really crappy sorry <laughs> uh but anyway so it's sort of it, we're we're a vapid industry full of not so many great resources but if you're an R- rpg like i was talking to a comic book company earlier today and they've got a wonderful property. They don't have many people following it, which puts it kind of low in the toilet. Like I need evidence that there's a audience as big of an audience as I can. And I will inflate that with smoking as many smoke and mirrors as I can <laughs> there you go. by the time I hit that studio with your property. But if it's, if it's good enough for me to do that with, I can get people excited to it and get an attraction on mm. it. And that's, that's how things like the Witcher makes, oh, makes great TV. Baby. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it, right. So that anyway, that's what I'm about. And you guys can find me at Loaded Dice Rollers or Jim McLeod's. Um, I'm the Loaded Dice Rollers at gmail.com if, if you want the easiest. And, you know, just get in touch. 
let's let's talk RPG. Very That's cool. awesome. Thank you so much for for spending some time with us and and telling us about your passions and about your <laughs> philosophy and and the way that you sort of color your your perception and understand that view from other people. I think that's such an important uh, topic, and I think it was absolutely fascinating. I agree. Love it. I I think um, I think it's very useful to to see how how someone with your experiences approaches a hobby that so many of us who don't have experiences quite like you, you being involved with the, with movies and television and all these things that people get so nerdy about, like there are so many people that go to comic cons and stuff dressed as oh, Buffy, Buffy characters Con. and all that. Yeah. Exactly. Like you, my, my wife was in Buffy, by the way. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. So uh, I met her, I met her on set stuff. Yeah. It's cool. Is that right? That's awesome. Yeah. Is that right? You know, and well, yeah. how does she not understand D and D being on Buffy? I mean, she's for- in like a million Buffy games. She has her own cards and she, I'm like, I, I don't know. She's, and she's an actress. She, she loves to act. I, I just, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Some people don't get it. Like I'm saying, who knows? Just, who knows? Yeah. So you describe anyway. the blood and she's just, she just sees the times new Roman. Huh? Mm. She's like, why am I getting, not getting paid for this? I'm not getting paid for this. <laughs> but also hey, she's we, smart. I see. That's the issue. Yeah. Another thing exciting, you guys, James Marsters, he's, uh, he, he was Spike on Buffy, right? The, the, the blonde guy, mm. uh, him and Juliet, uh, played such, such great characters. I will, I will be doing something with James and the cast of dudes and dragons. And if you haven't seen that movie, that is a movie worth taking time for McLean and his crew did Adam Johnson. They, they're all incredible. Uh, Luke Perry was no longer with us. He, he was in it, but we're going to play the sequel as a D and D game. Nice. Oh, wow. To that movie. That's great. So you want to go out and see that dudes and dragons. It's, it's on YouTube. Just watch the commercials. Cause that helps them out. You can find it for free, but don't tell them I told you that and <laughs> no commercials. It's a great movie. Hey, you guys haven't seen that. Huh? I think it's the best D and D movie made, uh, you know, to, to date. I mean, that's not games of throne quality, but sure. they have dragons and it's, it's nice. really fun. Just check that's it out. Great. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. There's, Anyways, definitely a lot of, I keep talking a lot of, a lot of links. It, it's I'll like put it's in your show thing. notes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm a host of a show or something. Right. right. That's, that's right. He's just like, I got to drive. I got to drive. Uh, we're totally fine to, to let that happen, but we do need to uh, wrap it up. We do need to take it away. Uh, Andrew, if you would do the honors, I certainly will. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Spencer, aka GM McLeod, thank you for GM. stopping by, man. This has been oh. a lot of fun. It's always a, a pleasure to talk with you. Um, and we also want to extend our thanks, as always, to our very loyal patrons uh, Spike, Falangor, Kate, Tiana. Uh, geez, Leroy, our newest patron, Josh, um, man, Adam, I'm going to have to actually have like a, an honest to goodness list 
you need to write out a list. You need to write out a list because we we got a few this week and and that was really exciting. Yeah. Um, and we're really grateful for that, including uh, the top tier. Some of our people are moving up into tiers because they're realizing, hey, I can grab a spot. Yeah. In one of these games. And 20 bucks, we're baby. filling up. And it's, uh, I mean, honestly, it's a steal. I mean, sure is. An uh, average D&D game is going to give you, and I think we do a little better than average, but even an average one is going to do better than the latest patch from Azeroth, in my opinion. So um, shots fired, in, in Blizzard of, shots fired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Come uh, you me, know bro. In, in ter- I used to work for those guys. Uh, yeah. You know what? Uh, what do they have? Millions of dollars and influence oh. and followers. I have love. See, see, <laughs> so yeah, who's really the bro? So who's one. really winning? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not being boycotted. So yeah. here's eight, that eight million subscribers at $15 a month. You add that one up. Blizzard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you add that one up. Gee, many Christmas. So thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, also punch and potatoes. Yeah, thanks guys. He girls. is, uh, he just joined and I want to make sure I say thank you to him. Uh, I, I have a sound effect for punch and potatoes. You want to hear do it? it? Yeah, let's hear it. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> wow. Ooh, that was perfect, actually. Man. Uh, that like is what that sounds mashing like. Mashing potatoes. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. if any of you out there in podcast listener land want to get in on your own helping of the secret ingredient, head on over to patreon.com slash inspiration point and join the fun. I mean, the biggest tier that there is is 20 bucks and you get to hang out with cool people like us. He said so humbly. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> also, if you want to check us out elsewhere, head on over to inspirationpoint.buzzsprout.com. That's our website. And if you would like to hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Patreon, you can find buttons for those things in the upper right-hand corner if you are on a desktop computer or if you are accessing the site via mobile. Those three buttons will be in the top center. So you can uh, check us out there. Um, Otherwise, a uh, parting thought for you will be when you are talking with your players or anyone at your table and you're narrating or describing or illustrating, what have you remember that we all have our own unique experiences. And just because you're talking about a dog does not mean that everyone is seeing the same dog. And until next time, Stay inspired. Bye. 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 I applied for the permits a month and a half ago. What's taking so long? I'm sorry, sir. We've been swamped. Perez was just flooded. There are refugees looking to establish new residences, and it's been very hectic. Listen, is there any way we can expedite this?
I have several knights who are ready to study, train, practice obstruction of evil, etc., and they cannot do so if they lack adequate dwellings. This is extremely important, so please, perhaps, something could be arranged. I'm sorry, my lord, but there's nothing I can do. Your permit will be processed in due time. I must simultaneously ask and thank you for your patience and understanding. Now, if there's nothing further, I bid you a very good day. What? Good day, sir.